Welcome to Campfire Fireside Chats. This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Welcome campers to this week's Fireside Chat. I'm going to run through a couple quick announcements and then we'll get to this week's guest. First off, Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling. Choose the tier that best suits your preference and get access to exclusive and discounted merch, behind the scenes looks at the writing and editing process, and two weekly shows, Lights Out and Midweek Weird. We also have a few monthly shows coming down the pipe, so definitely stay tuned for that. In addition to all that, you also get uh, monthly swag bags, which are pretty cool. Stickers, buttons, etc. So what are you waiting for? Get over there. If you want the whole world to know that you're a diehard camper, go find the link in the episode's description or go through our link tree on all of our socials and check out our merch store. Stickers, t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, fantastic designs from great artists like Jonathan Dodd and Easton Hawk. While you're in that link tree, tap on the Discord button and come join the community that we're building. Our Discord is a place where we can connect with all of you on a more personal level, so get over there and join the fun. All right, this week's guest is the brother and sister pair responsible for the fantastic Strange History podcast, The Wicked Side. Brenna and Tom are intelligent and curious, and both charming in very different ways. They have a fantastic dynamic, and their show has a Quantum Leap-esque premise that I've never seen in any other podcast, to use a 40-year-old TV reference. I don't care. Long live Scott Bakula. We love what they do, and they've become great friends of the show. We had a great chat about the history of their family with the paranormal, and got some hot takes on some very cool Hoosier history. So enjoy this chat, and go support them. All right, let's get into it. All right, Brenna, Tom, first off, Thank you so much for doing this. Not a problem. Awesome. <laughs> Sorry, awesome. it was so hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Happy to finally be here. Yeah, it's it's about to. I think Brenna and I have been talking about doing this for what two months, it's been three months? months? Now, yeah. Yeah, it's great to finally have <laughs> you on. It's great to finally be here. Um. So, Tom, you were mentioning before we started that your dad had a uh, a brush with the paranormal. Um. I call it paranormal coincidence. So upon moving into the house that they're currently residing in a, my dad's a big garage guy. Um, tools. He lives in his garage. Yeah. (laughs) Loves it. You know, he's got his space. It's the, so he immediately goes into the garage. They get, you know, or not, not, they get, they get the stuff in the house. He goes into the garage, immediately starts unpacking his stuff, cleaning up junk, moving things out of the way, getting his plans in order. He moves some plywood against the wall and lying against the wall is a headstone. That headstone's death date was my father's birthday to the year. Oh. Yep. Do you know where that headstone is currently sitting? Where? Right where it sat. <laughs> he will not touch it. He will not move it. Doesn't, it. He will not any, let anybody it doesn't else touch move. it. He doesn't show it to anybody. That thing doesn't move. Wow. Yep. <laughs> That's very odd. What a strange place for a headstone to begin with. That 
That was yeah. in the in in the garage behind the plywood, basically between the plywood and the wall. Matching birthday and death date. That guy died when our dad was born. Mm-hmm. Whoa! Bam. Yeah. Like that, that's an insane synchronicity right there. It, couldn't believe it. Wouldn't believe it if I didn't see the date. Yeah. Well, our dad also has this the fun little um like I don't know paranormal, but um sort of in the supernatural realm, I guess, of his birth. My dad, our dad, was born on the Air Force base that is now known as Area Fifty One. True story. Okay. So he <laughs> he's he, also been struck by lightning. Yes. Yes. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah my our grandfather was a um navy electrician okay. so he had, when they were first building it he was called on to when work they were on expanding the wiring it from yeah. whatever the name of the air force base was before i can't remember i can't either it's a joint base but anywho yeah he was helping do the upgrades for the electrical and yeehaw <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> yeah I, we i mean might. i guess there there are probably like dozens of of people who who spent time there before. Oh, think of the people know, born into Manhattan, like at the compound for the Manhattan Project. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's got to be a very similar thing. And not mm-hmm. to mention the ones that are currently living on whatever black site we don't know about now. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that's a cool connection though. And struck by lightning. Yeah. So through through a phone line, uh, was on the phone and basically with his aunt. It, bolt or thunder clap boom he goes it, he go, he said it, it it felt like a taser that started in my ear and he passed out fell over and his aunt couldn't she heard him thump and she called 911 ambulance she, by the time she gets there my dad is is six six and, and fairly robust as a human being uh, or well used to be he's very very trimly now in his in his uh, years but uh he was a big dude, and so they didn't. He didn't fit on the gurney. So when they were wheeling him into the ambulance, my aunt or his aunt shows up, and the blanket only covers him, you know, part of the way. It's raining, so they have it pulled up over his face, and his feet are sticking out. And they're wheeling <laughs> him into the ambulance. She thinks he's fucking dead. Oh, She's man. losing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a very interesting story. That's yeah. That's great. I've never heard of anyone getting struck by lightning through a phone line before. I, you know, a wise Taylor, no, I, I, it, it is, it is the story from both of them. Dad's not prone to exaggeration, mm. though. So yeah, I didn't pick up that from him. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's. Do you guys? Do either of you have any, um, any brushes with the paranormal? Any exper- Any anomalous experiences? I, say, I know you do. I have several. I, I say I know you do because you're fucking weird. You're the type of person <laughs> that when she she wears watches and they die. Mm. Yeah, I can't wear watches. She's one of she's one of those people, and yeah. she's ginger, so fairly soulless as far as we know. <laughs> like, so they might be looking for a container. And I, I'm very much a, like if you guys are going to find Casper, I'll be at the Motel Six. Right. I'm not here to see if he's friendly or not. I just don't. I don't care. (laughs) I I have six silver bullets for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) So is it that you that you're not a believer or that you definitely are and it freaks you out? No, no, no. Prepared for everything. 
Doesn't yeah. matter. It could be. Sure enough. All right. Is that what they say? Does it? Cool. Holy yeah. water too, just in case. <laughs> yeah. Just don't go looking for it. Exactly. I it's believe, a prepper. Yeah. I, no, I'm not. I'm not a prepper. I have been. I have no MREs. I have no plans <laughs> to to hunker down or bug out. Okay. Well, fair, fair, fair. I am abnormally prepared for my own safety. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so Brenna, what? Would you mind talking about some of your experiences? Not at all. Um, my The first one was... The one that stands out, I guess, was I was um, maybe about 10. And I had one of those plastic jewelry boxes, you know, that you open and the drawers slide out on their own. Yeah. And in them, I had those awful 90s earrings <laughs> that were plastic. The post was plastic. They were just one solid piece. Yeah. And one of them had gotten stuck in the drawer, and we couldn't open it. Um, and I had tried. My mom had tried. She got frustrated, and she set down the jewelry box on the bed. And I was at school at the time. Um, and when I came home, it was the jewelry box was sitting there. It was closed, and the earring was sitting next to it. So I went and told my mom, I'm like, hey, thank you for fixing that. And she goes, what? <laughs> so she goes in my room and she was very freaked out. She was like, I didn't fix it. I walked away and rage quit, basically. Wow. <laughs> so that was the first one in that house. And the second one in that house, I was a little older. I think I was 14. And I was in the basement doing laundry. And it wasn't really a creepy basement. No. Full finished, half finished with a bedroom. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I was just down there doing laundry and I heard a male voice that I was not familiar with say my name. And it was very loud. It was very clear. So I thought, okay, maybe my stepdad got home early and it just sounds weird. You know, maybe he's calling for me or something. So I stood there for a minute, but, like, then I felt weird. It felt like the hairs on the back of my neck were standing up. And I'd never felt this way in this basement before. So I, I went upstairs. There was nobody there. Um, Tom, you were at a friend's house. Frankie's. Probably. And Mom was laying out back on one of, uh, one of those sun loungers oh yeah the, those ones she was the jelly one trifold one. ratchety ones yes yeah. <laughs> yeah and it was i think it was even like an awful mustard yellow and white did you have a mom in the 90s oh, <laughs> she yeah. had these <laughs> yep yeah um so i went out and i said something to her and i'm like was mark here and, and she goes no he's still at work there and i told her what i heard and she goes, well, that's weird. And I said, why? And she goes, well, I heard somebody say Mark's name a couple nights ago. And it was the same kind of scenario. She said she described it as a male voice that was deep that she wasn't familiar with. And she said her and Mark were just laying in bed. He, that was her husband, um, my stepdad at the time. Yeah. And um, she said it was the same thing. She just heard his name spoken really loud and really clearly. But nothing you know there was nobody there so so okay so in on the first experience when you were 10 um, uh -huh. do you remember at the time feeling like this is something very strange that has happened 
Like, yeah, because like I said, I, I played in that basement. I, I I was always in that basement, and I never we felt were comfortable. always in that basement. Yeah, that's where that's where all the friends hung out. We had the TV, the couch, yeah. like the game system. Our playroom was down there. All when we of were little us hung out toys. down there. Yeah, like it was half the, you know, our when our half the time with our friend group was spent in that room and down there in one way or the other. Saturday morning cartoons were watched there. Yeah. So fully familiar territory. Yeah, all yeah. not not time. a place I was ever uncomfortable. But when I heard that voice, it like everything on me just felt on high alert, and I right. felt like I was being watched. Okay, and I and I had never felt that before. So it was interesting, unsettling. <laughs> yeah, certainly. And uh, the the first story with the earring. Do you remember feeling the same way when that happened? Like that, like you were much younger, obviously, but. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember feeling like what the hell happened here? Or were um, you just kind of like, oh, that's weird, and moved on? Yes, but only because of how my mother was reacting. Okay. Um, because my mom was so floored. And I, and I remember her being just... Mom very much believes in ghosts. So. Very much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very much. Um, she's had encounters, too. Um, her current husband's ex-wife passed away um, from oh. cancer. Hers is crazy. Yeah. Her, not crazy as an unbelievable, but like, holy smokes. Yeah. yeah. And she said that she came down the stairs one night and that his ex-wife was sitting in a rocking chair that they had in a white dress and told her, take care of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's... <laughs> It was a uh, wild, but then she went to Ron later, and she told him, and uh, Ron told her they had buried her in a white dress. So, <laughs> oh, I, I, you hear a lot of stories like that, kind of. Um, and I always like, I always want to ask, like, I wish your mom was here. I would be curious to know if she, how that encounter ended. You know what I mean? She said she just vanished. Um, that after she, with the chair still rocking, yes. She said that after she delivered the message to take care of him, she just vanished, the chair was still rocking, and she said she stood there for a few minutes because she, she was in shock, and then she hauled ass back up the (laughs) stairs to Ron. (laughs) Our, Our mom is also the lady that needed walked to the bathroom hand in hand after watching Candyman. That's the original, by the way, the OG. I understand. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I have only had that I can remember one glance with something that I can definitely say was paranormal. But I had one creepy thing that happened to me at the same house. Uh, it was when I got into a bout of sleepwalking. Okay. Oh. But I didn't just sleepwalk, I sleptwalked with my eyes open and always with a purpose. So I would go down the hallway to where mom and Mark were sitting in the living room watching After Hours television and stare at them with a Cheshire cat grin on my face. Oh, God. Exactly, yes. Little ginger child, pale as he could be, staring at you, staring through you, staring at nothing, focusing on nothing. Mm. And I would just go sit down on the couch like hands on my knees, stare forward, watch nothing for a few minutes, 
and then walk back to my bedroom and go back to sleep. Dude, that is very creepy. It happened for a couple weeks. My parents were looking for answers, bro. Man. <laughs> I, I always like asked myself how I would react if any of my children started sleepwalking. And man, I, I don't know. That, like that freaks me out so much. My son had small bouts of sleepwalking where you could basically wake him up with a small push start yeah. and he would just go back to sleep while walking and you would tell him to do things or, Hey buddy, I'm going to, you know, this was like during the potty training era where you're, you're trying not to pee the bed. We're waking you up, that sort of thing. Yeah. And you would just pee off to the side. Like it wasn't <laughs> like onto the rug. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, yeah, he has a, a, a small tendency of sleepwalking. See my, that even persists now. My daughter talks in her sleep and I think that's creepy enough. Yeah. Like, oh, I do that. I'll, yeah. I'll draw the line right there. <laughs> it's so I, I have I have full animated scenarios in my sleep. Uh my you I wish I could I should wake my wife up and make her tell this story. <laughs> but she she literally did like a combat roll out of bed because there have been times where like we got into an impromptu wrestling match at one in the morning that she did not consent to yeah. <laughs> and that I was unaware of. And I, I pushed off the bed and just started beating my pillow like it stole something from me. And she's just like, nope. <laughs> she rolls out of bed. Yeah. I talk. I uh, I have full conversations. If she needs to interrogate me, she waits till I go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the opposite problem of sleep paralysis, right? Like you don't have enough sleep paralysis. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. yeah, I say no sleep paralysis and verbal diarrhea. There is one other um, kind of ghostly run-in that I had. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Um, I was much older, and um, my my husband has a um, genetic disorder where his the chemical that our bodies make to prevent our blood from clotting. Mm-hmm. His blood doesn't. He his body doesn't make enough of that chemical. Okay. So, uh, and they didn't find it until a lot of damage was done. Is that a version of like uh, hemophilia? It's like the opposite. Opposite of yes, his oh, blood is clotting all gotcha. the time. Gotcha. Okay, so it's like stroke yeah. risk and things like that. Yes. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, he's had multiple DVTs. He's had multiple pulmonary embolisms, which are clots in the lungs. Right. Um. So for a while. He was very sick, and we we lost everything when he got sick. Uh, we were homeless. We were staying with a friend of his. And his friend had a big house that belonged to his family that had been passed on from generation to generation. Um, it was built early 1800s. Okay. Like, it had a coal chute. It had, like, all of That's that That's very stuff. old for the Midwest. Yeah, a very old house. I mean, we grew up in those. <laughs> yeah, but um, so we were staying with his friend, and after, I think it had been like two weeks of putting out job applications and not finding anything, I was getting frustrated. So I sat up one night, and I was playing Fable, um, <laughs> and just trying to forget for a while. And uh, his living room had these, like, half cabinets that would 
jut out and kind of divide the spaces up. Okay. Is the best way I could think to, to like describe it. Like a half them. wall they, of cabinets? Exactly, okay. yeah. Yeah. And then they had, like, columns that would denote the doorways, right. you know. Um, and I was sitting in the living room, I was playing the game, and then I heard this weird sound. And I turn, and I saw this skeletal, like, female figure pass um, through the hallway toward the stairs, and once she passed the column, she disappeared. Oh. And... I, I stopped playing the game for a second and I was just in shock and I'm like, I'm stressed. That's all this is. I'm stressed. I'm sleep deprived. <laughs> I am. I'm in a very bad place right now. That's all this is. I'm, I'm not losing my mind. <laughs> you just killed that character 20 seconds ago in the game. <laughs> I, I was all kinds of freaked out and then I, I was too afraid to go up those stairs. Yeah. So I didn't want to just sit there being afraid, so I played the game for a couple more hours, but the whole time I kept looking over and making sure that there was nobody and nothing there. So And then finally, I got up my courage and I like hauled ass up the yeah. stairs <laughs> as quick as I could. Now, when you say skeletal, you mean like emaciated, not like actually skeletal, right? Like, yeah, gaunt. Okay. Very gotcha. gaunt. Okay. Yeah. And um, like, I always wonder with like the sighting of like a full body apparition, the farther you get from that event, does it feel less real, or are you more convinced that it that what you saw was paranormal? No. Um, for me, it's like you know how everybody remembers where they are, like when a major historical event happened. Yeah. So everybody knows where they were during nine eleven, right. um, things like that. And it's real crisp and clear in your head. It's that way. Okay. I, I remember it very, very clearly. Like you remember which mission you were playing on Fable when it happened? and <laughs> Yeah, I was actually, I, I can even tell you, I was going around trying to find all the annoying little gargoyles mm. that taunt you. Okay. <laughs> I was looking for all of those. Um, yeah, it was terrifying. And then the next morning I'm up with my husband and I hadn't said anything to him because I'm like, I don't want him to think I'm crazy and <laughs> we have enough problems right now. So I'm making breakfast and um, his friend, the homeowner, comes down and he goes, man, spirits were active last night. And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> they were what now? And he goes, yeah. He goes, house is haunted. I forgot to tell you. <laughs> Probably that would have been really nice to know, sir. Well, well fucking thanks, Scooby-Doo. In his defense, I don't know how many 200-year-old houses in the Midwest aren't haunted. Right. Right. So I have my... My only brush with the paranormal is in a very similar thing. Not a big house, mind you. We all live together in a small shitty house. But right. when I was down about my 20s before I met Amanda... Oh, yes, yes, yes. The house I lived in that basically I lived in when I started dating her. Thank you. She was, uh, she was my friend first. <laughs> um, it was a very old house, down and out. All of us are, you know, living not great. Sure. But we've got enough money between the, like, six of us for a case of cheap beer piece and some instant or those uh, disposable cameras. Yeah. So we, we had a, uh, a Nintendo Wii. 
they were like newish at the time and we played Wii Sports and we got drunk and we took pictures and we got those pictures developed like a week later and in almost all of the pictures there was either orbing or there was in three distinct pictures there's me ryan and kyle in a doorway mm -hmm. and in the very first picture you see a frilly ruffly dress i'm not good with time era but think mary poppins sure okay similar shoes the whole bit you see just the corner of the dress and the leg as if it's taking a step into the doorway the next picture taken a few seconds later you see her behind us walking and in the next picture you see the tail end of her it was literally something passed through and in the three clicks of the camera that it took him to roll it she walked through there gives me goosebumps to fucking think about it to this day and before you ask no i don't have the fucking pictures because they're with a disgruntled ex and the cousin who had the place so and i'd rather i'd rather set myself on fire and talk to her sure so. <laughs> well you know what they say if you loan someone a hundred dollars and never see them again it was probably worth it Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but you so you had like a little mini flip book of a ghost walking past you. Yeah. We legitimately had and it was always a series of three orbs in varying sizes, a small, medium, large. Uh it, to me the orbs were more interesting than the image because the orbs followed particular people. It always it always looked like in 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 the the the, the shots that that because they always came from one room, the orbing shots came from the front room, the um, the image came from the back kitchen area where the like stairs were and we were all standing in that doorway. Okay, but when we're all playing the Wii game and you see that orbing around us, those orbs follow a particular person. Interesting. So me, me, Ryan, and Kyle all had a different, or a, the same orb over us in almost every picture. And if it didn't, it could be argued perspective. Mm. But yeah. they followed us around in sequence. It was hmm. weird to watch. We we looked at that, and I mean, that I moved out very shortly <laughs> after. That is very odd. Like how you kind of each had like a little like attachment for the night. You want you want to know my hmm. theory on it? Yeah. We were, we were hard up people in such a good place in that moment, putting off such positive vibes. I think something was drawing off those vibes. We had to be radiating something. Could be, and something was picking on. Something that. just pulling some energy off the top. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean, we were giving nothing of, of it away that night. So, I mean, we were all smashed. We were all happy. It was a, one of those rare moments we find when you're all sleeping on the floor anyway. Yeah. <laughs> now the question for both of you like do you, do you feel like your your paranormal experiences have made like a significant impact on like the way you live your lives yeah I, I, I don't I'm not interested in going to those <laughs> cemetery crawls and hey this haunted, this haunted house two hours away nope no thanks man <laughs> yeah. if it follows you home I hope you sprinkle something over your shoulder before you walk through my fucking right. door <laughs> burn some stage on your way in whatever you gotta do pray to several deities yeah. <laughs> I guess for me it's uh I don't know I, I kind of I, it makes me wonder um, more about like time and space. I mean, granted, I'm, you know, uh, 
tattoo artist that dropped out of college. I don't, by no means a big brain, but um, I always kind of wondered, and I always had this this theory about possibly where ghosts come from. And uh, I, I don't know how viable it is. Again, the science probably does not hold up, but uh, I've always heard that, you know, time doesn't happen linear the way we experience sure. it. And it's kind of rolled over on itself and, and things like that. So I always wondered if maybe it's ghostly encounters aren't just places in it where time touches. Yeah. You know, and maybe we get a little window into one another, into the past or into, you know. Yeah. I, yeah, I've heard I've heard similar theories like um, <clears throat> like the ultra terrestrial theory, the theory that you're just sort of getting like a a glimpse through the veil into into another dimension, basically to a higher mm-hmm. frequency, a higher dimension yeah. type thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, that there could be literally at a at a metaphysical level or yeah. whatever that we could all yeah. just be living in layers of reality. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I don't know how much I believe in it, but I'm very interested in reincarnation. Okay. I've always been really interested in it, and some of the stories that I've heard and, and things like that have always interested me. Well, apparently your dad was a reincarnation of the last guy who owned that house. Dude, I, you know, <laughs> that, it, I, that might have been where it ended and where it started. Right? Like, <laughs> uh I had that same thought at, at, at different points. It's still, yeah. he brings it up. Or he doesn't drink anymore, so <laughs> can't even say that. But no. when he would drink, he'd bring that story up. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell that was still the one where he sets his glass down and gets serious for a Yeah, yeah. I, I know that posture. I'm familiar. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something, son. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're like, Shoot. oh, buckle up. Yeah. Here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, okay, so Brenna, you started the show, mm-hmm. The Wicked Side. You started it yeah. in October of 2020, is that right? Yes. Okay. Yep, it started as Wicked Myth. Okay. And what prompted you to start the show? Like, what, what got you into it initially? Um, I started getting more and more into podcasts in general, but I'd always loved um, mythology and I uh, loved history and I really wanted to talk about those things. And I, I didn't ever really find people that, you know, <laughs> would be willing to listen to me. And my poor husband, who's a very patient and good man, <laughs> was was getting stretched to his limit. Yeah. So, um... There's, only, there's I, only so many, honey, can you... Look at this. Yes. Look at this story I just found. Read this that you can do before they're like, hey, man. <laughs> so I met someone else who was... Um, who had also, like talked about it and said that that they were interested in maybe starting a podcast about um about things like that and so i'm like well why don't we just do it you know why don't we not talk about it why don't we just actually do it you know and um as i'm a big fan of uh podcasts in general like i said like lore is one of my favorite yeah um mikey yeah i love i love that podcast um, but I knew that wasn't a direction I wanted to go in. Uh, I love the personable, you know, talking together kind of last podcast kind of vibe. Yeah, um, definitely. Too. So I, I found um, my original partner, Taylor, who was actually, he's actually my husband's niece. And um, we started up and we had a, a really great time doing it. 
Um, and then eventually, you know, um, she didn't realize, like, I think how much work can kind of go into it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a hobby first, but it is a time-consuming one, you know, as Certainly, you know. yes. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so eventually she's like, yeah, it's just, it's not for me. And and then I was, uh, I I think I did one episode on my, on my own, just me. Where I tried kind of doing the the storytelling thing, right. and while I liked it, I didn't feel it didn't feel right for me either. What subject did you cover in that episode? Um the the one where I was by myself, I actually covered the um, Summerton Man okay. case. Yeah, and um, oh, I can't remember his name now, but a, a gentleman in Ireland who died in mysterious conditions, and they don't know his name or identity. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a very cool story. It very, very interesting. Uh, the Summerton Man one has always fascinated me, though, too. Yeah. Just the idea that, um, you know, somebody can exist and have a body, but nobody knows who that person is. It's kind of terrifying. It's a little bit of an existential nightmare. Yeah, definitely. So, I, uh, I liked talking about it, but yeah, it was, it was interesting. And I, I did a few episodes with guests, um, and then I eventually wrangled this one into. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was low on the list of the series of tryouts she had planned. <laughs> <laughs> Not true. I just didn't think you would do it. Oh, really? I really didn't think you would do it. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. I'll give you that. I think the setup is very sweet. I love my sister to death, but there's no way I could do a podcast with her. Like This is the only way we can talk civilly for more than an hour. I, yeah, I think that's awesome that you've found a way to do it, right? Yeah. I, 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 I'm telling you, we, we, and I understand why she says, like, she didn't know if I would do it, because we weren't at a particularly high spot in, in our relationship, and mm-hmm. we've we've always been really in and out with each other. We're either really, really tight or we are on the outs because of something we said while we were tight. Sure. <laughs> and, but either way, like she knows if you're in trouble, call me. I don't care if I don't like you at the moment. I will fucking help you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But she called me and was like, do you want to do this? Like, do you want to just come in and record this episode? I think it would be cool. And I, I like talking. So, sure. Uh, <laughs> a lot. Uh, well, I do. <laughs> I say, well, I, I used to actually pre COVID go and do um, just five minute open mic stand ups because I enjoyed the process of writing small jokes and, and, and performing them. And, yeah. But, you know, for me, it's like, I don't know. She was like, hey, I just want you to come in and do you. It's like, all right, there, there is not much more of accommodating thing somebody can ask for. Of course, <laughs> yeah. So, and the the current the current iteration of the show is <clears throat> the is like, can you get into that a little bit? Like, because you guys recently had like a, a bit of a format shift, right? Yes, um, we started our, our well because I like doing seasons because I like taking breaks. <laughs> sure. Um, and I like kind of building up a, a backlog. Um, Especially because tax time's coming up and I'm a tattoo artist, and so I'll get busy. Right. So having that library I can dip into is helpful. Um, so we started our third season, and we decided we were going to do it as we were putting Tom in place or in this event in time or as a character in time. And I would tell him 
the story as if I were telling him about himself. So think Quantum Leap. I'm, yeah. I'm pulling a Quantum Leap, and I'm going to... I'm the serial killer today, or I'm Musashi tomorrow, or yeah. I'm yeah. Uh, Dr. Stab. I, I, I am, like, I get to be the audience, and uh, trust me, I'm more ignorant than half of them, at least. <laughs> so, but we don't tell, you know, we don't bring up the person's name until the very end so that people can either, you know, if they want to guess or if they want to, like, you know, put their own knowledge to, you know. Yeah. How much do I actually know about this person or this event? And, um, yeah, we've had um, a lot of positive feedback about it. A lot of people seem to really enjoy it. And, and um, they've said that it feels like they get to be part of it and uh, feels interactive. And, and I, I love that. That's yeah. ultimately what I want. No, I I think the new format is very cool. It's very novel. I don't. I can't think of another show that does anything like it. Awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm. I I'm, I hope you stick with this format because it's. Yeah, I mean, I turn on an episode and by the time like by the time it's over, I'm like that felt like ten minutes. Like, where's more? <laughs> I want more of it. Yeah, well, that's good to hear. Thank you. <laughs> I like your guys. I actually play you guys at the shop a lot. That is awesome. I love the way that you guys tell the stories. And um, a lot of my coworkers really enjoy like the opening story and, and then the, the banter afterwards. They really, really love that. And I love, I still love, my favorite has got to be your Valencia. Oh, yeah. Um, the Axe Murder House. One. Yes. Yeah. I love that episode. You've got a lot of good episodes, but I really like that one. <laughs> that's cool. I'm. I honestly haven't heard that one as being a favorite before, so it's cool to see. Um, that was one of ours that we wrote more as like, like a fictional short story based on events. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like those. They're like a little bit of a departure from the from the uh, standard like campfire story of like yeah. this happened and then this happened. Yeah. I think that's why I liked it so much. It was it had all the historical things in it, but then it had that that creative element to it. And yeah, it was a real fun ride. So I enjoyed it quite a bit. I'm I'm really enjoying the format. I think that like it gets us ours. It, it, yeah, ours. Okay. As I was saying, <laughs> but... I, I, just the format. We, mm-hmm. There was you know sorry the the for the way we came about it through just some trial and error and some being flexible and just really going like, well, what do you want to do? What do you, what are you thinking? Mm-hmm. And feeling it out. I coming to it the way we did. It felt so good. I knew after the first episode, I'm like, this is definitely what I'm in for. Yeah. The first time we did it was actually the, the last episode of season two. And I think I called you the next day and I was like, I think, I think we have something with this. I knew when you, I knew when you hit stop, we did. I, I, just the way I felt afterward, I felt engaged through the whole thing. I felt energized by, I felt, you know, there was, there was, I had some very, some ongoing, like he said, like, is there, you know, is there more, I could keep going, you know, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to. Good. Ultimately, I, I'm like I said, I'm a big history buff. I love history. I love talking about it, and I love telling these stories and the reactions that I get from them. And it's cool to have a place to do it, but 
I'm hoping to, maybe I could get other people a little more interested in it, and maybe, like, they'll go look things up, and, and they'll want to learn more about it. You know, the time, or the place, or, you know, the person. So, that's the hope. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, because you said you, like, okay, so your podcast focuses less on, like, the specifically, like, paranormal, or, um... You know, you guys don't really do like cryptozoology or anything like. It's more like about the the weirder side of history, right? I mean, the wicked yes. side. They're like history, like confirmed moments in history, right? Um, yes. Dude, dudes who land planes in New York City streets right next to uh, Mexican nanny stand or nurse stand-ins that are choking old ladies in the background. Right. <laughs> Trail of dead meemaws. <laughs> <laughs> so you've you said that you've always pretty much always been into history mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um yep tom have like have you always had an interest in history or are you finding like that you're really like gaining an appreciation for it by participating in the show so i have always been about military history. I can tell you several Medal of Honor winners by name and their story and how they got them. Mm-hmm. Um, I have always been attracted to the hero's tale. Um, I have read the Epic of Gilgamesh, uh, be whatever redux you choose. Um, I I loved Greek mythology. Uh, I, can, I can do Greek mythology inside and out. Um, me and Brenna actually share that one quite mm-hmm. a bit. Um, but as far as any kind of any, you know anything much outside that realm, I especially dark. I am, <laughs> I am. That is somewhere where I rarely stick my toe in the water. So, I, I, it's one of those things. But yes, anytime we go, it's hard for it's weird for me to react to dark subjects. <laughs> it's uh, very off-putting and it's very genuine. <laughs> yeah. I think that's very clear on the show. <laughs> there are some times, man. Uh, I walk out, man. You get the wrong story. I just walk out feeling different. Oh, man. <laughs> I need a shower or something or a baptism or yeah. both. <laughs> I mean, there are some subjects that we've covered on the show that, like, that researching the subject was, like, genuinely emotionally taxing. Yes. You know? The happy time murders. Yeah, the, the, or the burger ones, or the the Burger Town, or Burger Chef, honey. Burger yeah. Chef. Oh my God, the those kids and the bodies and the who. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was such a hard one to swallow. But um, uh, <laughs> Burger Chef. Haha. Anyway, <laughs> the funny thing about that was after we we recorded that episode, a couple weeks later, my family took a vacation to Indy. Um. We had already been planning for a while, and I we found ourselves at a restaurant, like two minutes away from the where the old Burger Chef restaurant was, and it's it's still standing. It's abandoned, but it's still there. Wow! So I asked my husband, "I'm like, do you mind <laughs> going on a little dark tourism here?" And so we did. We drove by, and I got some pictures, and I actually have them up on our Instagram. Yeah, um, from that episode. But yeah, that was. That felt heavy. Being in that place and knowing that, you know, everything we knew, it felt really heavy. Oh, man. Just 
See, when you're like, hey, look where I'm at, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> Do the sign of the cross before you leave, quick. Do something. Throw salt. Burn sage. <laughs> to be fair, someone whose primary historical interest is military yes. can't, can't really say a lot about, you know, someone who's interested in dark history. Because does history get much darker than, like... World War II. You are a hundred percent fair on that. And when you were talking about <laughs> guys who were very literally licensed to kill, yeah, whatever you believe about their cause being justified or not, like these were men doing duty, following orders, and exceeding expectations while doing so. And for me, it's not it's not how many men they killed or whatever. For me, it's it, it's the sacrifice that they made yeah. to. to to do what they did, but for sure, some of those guys put lots of ghosts out there. Yeah, but I get that. I think that's primarily what's drawn me to to military history too. Is like moments of honor, right? Oh, like those mm-hmm. those like shining moments of that show the best sides of humanity. You know, yeah, that stand out particularly because of the backdrop, mm. such a dark backdrop. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I say Bob L. Howard is a Medal of Honor recipient who dragged his wounded comrade, I think 13 or more wounded comrades out of battle using nothing more than a pistol and his two shot up legs. He dragged them out while dragging him out and went back for more. Yeah. Like yeah. that that is a subject I actually Brenna keeps goading me into trying to write I won't write an it. episode. <laughs> and she won't she like she takes no request. She wants me to write it and I understand I want to do my homework yeah. but anyway <laughs> I've told him that will out, eventually be an episode because yeah, write it. that guy was Captain America that yeah. guy was legitimately the like the shining thing on the hill like, see and I feel oh. that way very much about some of the people I talk about too like we, we did we covered Dr. John Paul Stop. oh yeah that was such a good and, one um, that was a great guy to be that was some good quantum leaping right yeah, there I got to was, actually be someone to aspire to be yeah. that you weren't you weren't there for this one but Dr. Helen Nabe is another one that I, I really like talking about quite a bit I'm not sure if I I still don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right but um, yeah because that was yeah, but that that one was an Indiana um, murder mystery, yeah. too. Yeah. So we should put that in our disclaimer before the podcast. What? Like a future apology for you butchering names in other languages. <laughs> yeah, well, we have a standing <laughs> apology for any time we're telling a story from France or Russia. Yeah. <laughs> yep. They're just yeah. We're gonna hack this to pieces. Yep. Just to let you know beforehand, it's yep. gonna be worse than any murder you've heard about on this show. But it always you know, I always end up you... with the damn French ones too, and that's like my so, oh. that's my sore spot for language is French. Man, it's brutal. I always end up telling like the Beast of Javudan and stories like that. <laughs> yeah. I failed English. I don't want to. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> well, the stupid thing is, I'll even look up how to pronounce things sometimes, and I'll write it out phonetically, mm-hmm. and then I get in front of the microphone, and I it just all goes away. Yeah, yeah that's fair. <laughs> uh, okay, so before we wrap up, I have to ask you, as a fellow Hoosier, what is your mm-hmm. favorite bit of Indiana history? Oh, my favorite uh, bit of Indiana history. Um, oh, mine's easy and quick. Hmm? Think about it for a second. Frank Ono, Medal of Honor recipient. 
That's my favorite piece of uh, of Indiana history. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, Asian American that won the Medal of Honor during World War II. Great story. If you want to look it up, mm-hmm. wonderful. I don't. I don't know if it's it's one necessarily one point in history, but I'm very very interested in in Indiana's like deep seated kind of history with circus and traveling. Circuses. Oh yeah, that's such a good one. And how. We like a lot of people don't realize how much that industry existed and thrived here Do we yeah. in, in this state. We were and, a Carney retirement community. We talked about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that there's some towns that are dedicated to it, and there's an entire graveyard dedicated to circus performers. Yeah. So it's, um, dude. I wonder if late at night you hear clown noses. <laughs> oh my god, Tom! <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Hawkin, Hawkin. <laughs> oh lord anyway yes but that's that i think for me is is something that's interesting i think about indiana history and i don't think it's really known yeah that's very cool because like i didn't realize until i really started making friends outside of indiana that mm-hmm. in other places it's not normal that every tiny town has like a full scale carnival every summer. Yeah. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Because that's all Indiana <laughs> is. Every, yeah. I mean I'm talking about little towns of like 2,000 people. Oh yeah. Every town like that has literally a full scale carnival for a week straight every summer. Yep. yep. They move county to county. Yeah, and other other states don't have that. Oh, I mean, where do they get those shitty elephant ears and exactly. that, like <laughs> rides that might kill you? Yeah. <laughs> where do their twelve year olds buy their sixteen inch knives? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is, what do these kids do for fun? Get stuffed animals that may or may not contain asbestos. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That you I mean, made sixteen bucks for. <laughs> I, I would not have grown up with nearly as many misfits tapestries. Oh yeah, oh yeah, or or those nineties alien head anything. Yep, yep. Or those yep. those big stupid cat in the hat hats. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. The Doctor Seuss hats. That's oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah, that oddly enough, those were all the rage about the same time ICP was. Hey, dude, I had Jinkos and those. Oh, yeah, me too. too. (laughs) Yep. About the same time I was, like, wearing pantyhose on my arms and, like, listening to Marilyn Manson and, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, those were the days. I actually, um, my mom. Nine Inch Nails, you're so awesome. (laughs) I I was very much like a goth in high school, but my mom was not, did not approve. So I used to sneak an alternate set of clothes that I had like taken from friends, you know, or that they had given me yep. and I would change at school. <laughs> yeah. I had friends like that too. I was lucky yep. <laughs> because I grew up with a brother seven years older than me. So he walked so I could run. There you hey. go. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that was very helpful. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for doing this. This was awesome. This was so much fun. This was a blast. I was like, Brett asked if I wanted to do it. I was, hell yes. It sounds great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I've been eager to. We've had a lot of great conversations uh, just back and forth. So I was really excited to finally actually get to talk to you in person. Yeah, it's awesome. And like, you guys are welcome back anytime. 
would be great. Yeah. Anytime like you guys have something something that you wanna like announce or anything like that, anything that you anytime you have something you wanna plug, anything upcoming, like just let me know and we'll have you guys back on. Awesome. Thank okay. you so much. We appreciate it. I was gonna say for right now, just stay tuned in for the format change and and let us know what you're thinking because uh Man, I think we got a lot of gas in the tank for what's coming. Yeah, we do. We got a lot of good ideas. On that note, let the audience know where they can find you, and you pretty much already told them what to look forward to. But yeah, yeah let them know where to find you. <laughs> um, we are the Wicked Side Podcast, and you can find us pretty much on any platform that has uh, podcasts. So I know we're on Stitcher, we're on uh, Pocket Cast, we're on, of course... Um, Spotify and iTunes and pretty much everywhere and most active social media is on um, is on uh, Instagram. Poor- that's that's the word. <laughs> you just thought it was a poor foreign person's name. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Will you go just smoke a cancer stick? That's <laughs> <sighs> oh. what happens when we hang out too long. It's over an hour. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah so but that's where you can find us. Basically, wherever you're listening to this, you can probably find the Wicked Side. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We'll be happy okay. to have you. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much again. Hey, thank no you, Jordan. No problem. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week, and it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. And if you want more, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling. It's there you will find bonus content behind the scenes. We're just keeping up on our day to day and maybe some swag along the way. It is our way to show thanks for your support and do everything we can to provide you with as much content as possible. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling. With that said, we want to get to know each and every one of you. So please come and check us out on all the socials at campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook at campfire T-O-T-S-A-U on Twitter and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And lastly, we do have our merch store. You can find the link available on all of our social media or via our link tree. Show your support. Buy a shirt. Buy a sticker. Buy a blanket. Buy a pillow. Anything that you want to wrap campfire tales of the strange and unsettling and that's it until next time i'm ryan i'm jordan and remember campers stay weird and and trust trust in the the unknown. unknown